more than anything is just a horse that won't quit. There's no way he finishes. I owe him the chance. Get up. I'm Tim Finley, and this is To Live With Honor. Chapter 4. Shadows Everyone thinks of changing the world, but no one thinks of changing himself. Tolstoy Legend tells of a horse named Bucephalus, who toted Alexander the Great across the Middle East in his conquest of the ancient world. The story goes, in 344 BC, a trader came to King Philip II and offered the horse for a price of 13 talents. The king dismissed the massive, ill-tempered beast when he was informed it was untamable. Alexander, though, the 13-year-old prince, ogled the ebony stallion. Alexander protested, claiming he could tame the beast, even offering to pay the price himself if he failed. Philip agreed to the boy's wager. Alexander crept to the stud with a calming hand, speaking in soothing tones as he tiptoed. Bucephalus softened. Alexander eased the horse to face the sun. In doing so, Bucephalus lost sight and concern for his shadow, the source of his fears. The horse went quiet. Philip stood by, shocked. To prove its success, Alexander tore the cloak from his own back and waved it in front of Bucephalus. He offered no reaction. Speechless, Philip granted Alexander the horse. Legend paints a pretty picture. But history actually confirms, Bucephalus was real. I walked out the front door on a hot July Saturday. Missy greeted me in the garden, wiping sweat from her brow with a dirty forearm. Morning. Your horse is being lazy in the heat. She pointed to the shade tree with a gloved finger. I shouted at him. Morning, sunshine. <laughs> Poof. Off he ran, screaming and sweating. Stop running, psycho! Missy pulled her gloves off and watched him with a smile. You know, he does flying lead changes pretty well. He might actually have some natural ability. Not much, and not manageable, but hey, talent is talent, right? What's a flying lead change? See how all his feet hit the ground in a rhythm? One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. That first front foot to hit the ground, that's his lead. When a horse is running and wants to change directions, he does a little skip with his front feet to swap to the other lead. There, like that, see? Oh, I see. It's like a change step. What's that? Basically the same thing when you're marching in formation. It flips the cadence in reverse by doing a little skip shuffle thing so that it, well, changes your lead, as you say. Left, right, left, right, left. Left, right, left. You do it automatically when you're out of step with the cadence to correct yourself. It's not commanded. Hmm. How many flying lead changes before he corrects himself? <laughs> yeah, he sort of marches to his own beat, doesn't he? I walked away to the fence line as Honor settled back into grazing.
I had constructed a wall to the outside world. I was angry, and I was bitter, and void of faith. I cherished the few things I had inside the wall, but resented the world beyond it. I had no inclination or desire to change, and lashed out when compelled to do so. Change is to shift from what is to what isn't. I doubted change. Change was a salesman peddling rubbish at my door, and I answered the knock with the chain locked and a shotgun at the ready. In my Clint Eastwood voice, I told change to get off my lawn. I made a habit when going out for my smokes to stand at the corner of Honor's paddock and watch him from a distance. I enjoyed the fierce spirit of this colt, even when I yelled at him to stop running. I appreciated the aloof chip he kept on his shoulder. I respected him in a way that almost encouraged it. He was unapproachable, unbreakable, unchangeable. He would live his life happy as a well-fed, mobile, half-ton lawn gnome, and I was okay with it. Although, for a lawn decoration, he was comedically ugly. Everything about him was defiant, even his schizophrenic mane, and I loved him for it. I lifted one foot up onto the fence and lit my cigarette. I dangled my forearms over the scorching fence as the sun cooked my neck. I looked to my left and watched Honor from twenty yards away, tugging on the yellow grass. I pulled on my cigarette and smiled, basking in his wildness. Honor faced away from me, unaware I was watching him. Missy toiled in the front garden, out of sight. A scissor tail landed on the fence to my right. The flashy bird ruffled his wings and sang a tune of chirps and squeaks. I whistled back with a quick two-tone whistle. <whistles> quick motion to my left caught my attention. The bird skittered away, scared. Honor's head shot to the sky, on alert, radar dish ears in search mode. He nickered and iced over, nervous. Honor stood at attention and executed an about-face, trembling as he stared at me. He stilled. His nostrils flared as he snorted, interrogating. Typically, Honor either relocated farther away or darted off in a sprinting rampage. In fact, I not only expected it, I hoped for it. I loved watching him run. But he stood motionless, fixated on my every movement. The sun pounded against his face, casting hard shadows around his juvenile features. I dropped my foot from the railing. Every muscle in Honor's body flinched. Sound was sucked from the air. Honor stutter-stepped to the side, but refrained from shooting off. His head lowered and swung back and forth. His legs quivered as he continued to snort. I inched my way along the fence toward him. Honor held still. His enormous eyes swelled with suspicion. I slid closer, but yet he stayed. Somewhere along the fence, cynicism fell out of my pocket. I was nine years old again. It was happiness when no one was looking. Childish thoughts flooded my mind and urged me on. I leaned against the fence and extended my hand out, as if hope were a treat in my empty palm. I pedaled at Honor's doorstep. Maybe, I thought, he gets it.
Shockwaves tore across the ground. Honor was gone. In seconds, a trail of dust hung on the sunshine where Honor ignited and blasted away. The boy along the fence shriveled in the heat to reveal a callous man, hardened in his resentment. I melted away to a skeleton with bones made of anger. Fine! Fuck you too! You're welcome, by the way! I gritted my teeth and smashed my cigarette out on the fence. Honor sprinted his laps, screaming his own hoarse curses. I turned my back and walked away. Honor's hooves detonated in rhythm behind me. With each step I took away from Honor, a different thought bludgeoned my brain. What had he been through? What was he battling? My cynicism sparred with the thoughts like an offensive lineman struggling against an all-out blitz. I wanted to be angry. I wanted to be let down. I preferred the resentment. It was easy to be disappointed with a $120 Colt. You're a hypocritical fool to resent him. The rumble grew louder as Honor rushed closer. You're lamenting yourself, not the horse. I refused to turn. The violent noise threatened to trample me. What if he doesn't want to be this way? Change step. Silence. A surge of hot air and dust engulfed me from behind. The pungent scent of sweaty horse washed over me. My body turned to stone. The heat of heavy breathing vibrated the hairs on my neck. I panned my head to the right, then my shoulders. As I turned, I heard the pounding of a heart, but it sounded faster than my own. My hips and feet gave way to the right. I stood three feet from the fence. I completed my about face and saw a horse. There he stood. Right there. A sheen of sweat glazed his body. He huffed from both nostrils in a proud stance. A thousand pounds of horse mashed against the fence, bending the iron outward. Atop his neck attached an unfamiliar face, bearing an unfamiliar expression. His neck reached forward. Honor's face hung less than a foot from mine. His breath was muggy. His upper lip shimmied back and forth. Bits of grass flecked his gums and teeth. I stood paralyzed. Honor's ears leaned forward with equal strain. Thirty seconds before, Honor had ripped through the paddock like a tornado, and now stood before me as a boyish, fearless animal expecting... I, I didn't know what. Confused, I lifted my left hand to my face to make a fist. I extended my index finger as my shoulders flinched, expecting another explosion. My eyebrows squeezed as I pointed at Honor's squirming lip. Nanometer by nanometer, I closed the gap between us. My finger met his nose. Honor nipped at it. I laughed. I opened my hand and began to rub up and down his face, and he relaxed off the fence. I leaned onto the fence as I had earlier. Honor chewed at my shirt sleeve while I scratched up and down his neck. Missy had heard my rage the minute prior and came around to the side of the house to see to the matter. Millie, the spare parts brindled basset hound mutt, scurried in behind her, scampering to my feet to vacuum up any leftover grain left by a messy colt. I can't fathom what Missy must have seen or thought or felt. 
She couldn't have understood the gravity. But the scene spoke for itself. If I rode around the paddock on Honor's back naked while standing on my head, it wouldn't have been any more surprising. Missy said nothing. She crawled through the fence and pulled out her phone. Honor and I both smiled. She snapped a quick photo. My two guys. She did an about face and walked away. Change manifests out of the air, out of the nothingness around us. It jumps fences and destroys walls we construct to keep it out. Change can effervesce up through the soil. It can fall with the rain. It can blow with the wind. Change dances in fire and rises from the ashes. Change can grow from the brain or the wounds of a heart. Miss? Miss? What? Missy continued to scrub out the water trough without looking up. What do I do? She looked up just long enough to assess the situation and returned to scrubbing. Love on him. I sat atop the fence where a week prior, Honor had frozen me in disbelief. The oaf had just sauntered over to share in a Saturday twilight cigarette. My legs dangled over the paddock side of the fence as he tried to climb into my lap. Honor's polar shift to gushing affection, albeit endearing, took getting used to and opened up a whole wave of new questions. Ow! Damn it, cut it out! Honor pinned my legs against the fence with his shoulder, then craned his neck down and nipped at my toes. He's biting my feet! I don't want to smack him, but... Ow! Crap! What do I do? Ah! Would you knock it off? Miss, tell him to... Tell him to quit! Damn it, Honor! I darted my feet around as Honor snapped at them like a dog catching flies. His lips popped over and over. She smiled large and giggled. He's grooming you. Grooming me? Grooming me for what? And how do I get him to stop? Ow! I mean, I don't want to discourage something or or train a behavior that's whatever. Ow! I was a freshman in the school of horsemanship and failing a pop quiz. My legs tap danced in air, evading Honor's teeth. Why is he so fucking mouthy? You're the one cussing. Relax. It's how horses show affection. It's a good thing. Good? What if this was how I showed affection? Would you still- I trailed off as Missy's eyebrow raised in wicked sexual subtlety. My thought train derailed. Never mind. I darted my eyes away and went back to my dancing game with Honor, trying not to burn myself or him with my cigarette. Missy stood up and walked over to the fence. She climbed up and began pinching his withers. I could say that with confidence. I knew what withers were, as well as hocks, coffin bones, fetlocks, stifles, and a growing list of other equine translations of human body parts. Pinch him like this? It's what he expects. She demonstrated as Honor didn't seem to make much note of it. See, horses do this neck hug thing where they put your head over the other's shoulder and just kind of nibble on each other's withers. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours sort of thing. Kind of sweet, really. I've lost feeling in three of my toes, and I'm not sure one of them is still attached. He likes you. He's crippling me. You're going to come home one day and find me bleeding out in the backyard, which makes me wonder, would life insurance cover being eaten by a horse? Try it. You know, you ought to make this a habit. What a habit? Being chewed to death? No, this. 
She nodded toward her hand as she pinched and scratched on Honor's back. Coming out here and doing this, it'll make him easier to train. I never even considered it. Hell, I didn't even know when a racehorse should start training. I just assumed Foles went to horsey summer camp somewhere and a fairy sprinkled racehorse dust on them. When do racehorses start training? Well, if he were a racehorse, which he's not, he'd be done with a lot of the basics. He's already years behind the curve. I mean, those horses get trained to the nines from day one. Imprinting, tack, stalls, handling, socialization, trailers. And Honor is just now discovering that people don't want to eat him. I measured my next question. I didn't want to sound foolish. So... When were you thinking? For the very first time, I envisioned Honor maturing into some prodigious athlete taking the derby by storm. It was my first ever what-if. It wouldn't be the last. Tim, he needs a lot of work. A lot. He's not even built for racing. He's clubfoot and his knees look like puffy cinder blocks. Plus, they push those horses way too soon anyway. Most warm bloods don't even come in from the pasture until three or later. I knew what a warm blood was. According to Missy, Germans build better cars and better horses. My patriotism still denied it, but warm bloods were her yardstick for all horses. Is there anything we can do? You're doing it. Just rub on him all the time. Bring him treats. Climb up on the fence with him like you are and push on his back. Let him feel and get comfortable with weight. Be patient with him. He's been through a lot of psychological trauma and that's not something quickly erased. More than anything, he needs time to be a horse. You don't really train a horse. You don't train a thousand pound flight animal. You convince him. Her lesson stuttered to a halt. There is something odd about him. I took her suggestion and scratched and massaged Honor's back. She changed her tone mid-sentence and analyzed him. She stared with judging eyes beneath a wrinkled brow. I eased out across Honor's back. What? What is it? Her eyes gaped. I've seen lots of babies, lots of colts, all sorts of breeds of foals. I can't count how many horses I've started... I don't know. Just his mannerisms and how... If I weren't seeing it, I wouldn't believe it. She was thinking out loud more than talking to me, recounting her resume to answer questions in her own mind. Her arms folded across her t-shirt and her blonde bird's nest frayed into the breeze. Missy grimaced but then softened into amazement. Her ocean blue eyes unfolded to fields of white behind her narrow-framed glasses. I moved from scratching to hanging my torso over Honor's back. Her jaw gave way and hung from her cheeks. Honor's neck stiffened with his nose lofted in delight. He leaned into me the more weight I put on him and the harder I scratched him. A cloud of dust rose from his back. He was enthralled. And so was Professor Missy. Without concern, I shifted the majority of my weight off the fence and on to Honor. Missy's skeleton snapped in panic. She shot out a frantic hand. Tim, wait, don't, you shouldn't- Her shock petered to an embarrassed mumble. Like this? I strained to speak from lying against my stomach. I arched my back just enough to peer over the crest of Honor's spine at Missy as I continued to scratch all over his body. Her face turned quizzical, and I pulled back upright, much to Honor's dismay. Frustrated, he chomped at my feet. What? What did I do? Why are you looking at me like that? Nothing. I saw the gears spinning and patiently waited. You're just going to say I'm a crazy horse lady. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> but you're a hot one, so I break even. Come on, what is it? Nothing, just... She stuck out her chin, but her eyes remained on the ground. Don't go thinking all horses are like this because they aren't. How do you mean? No, you're just going to poke fun at me and say it's dumb, horsey-feely, spiritual crap. I hate when you do that. It's so insulting. I nodded a diplomatic smile and promised I wouldn't. She sighed and relaxed her shoulders. She looked away and crossed her arms. I don't know how to say it. She blushed and then spouted. I swear to God he knows. Like, he gets it and he's thankful. I don't know. It's, it's stupid. I'm a crazy horse lady. Miss, he's a horse. I wouldn't know any better anyway. You could tell me he's the first one you've seen without wings and a horn and I'd ask what happened to them. I shrugged with a crooked grin and resumed hanging and scratching on honor. But I do agree he's thankful for this. <laughs> Who's my special guy? Who's a special guy? Who's a special guy? Missy took offense. You truly are oblivious, but I guess that's part of your charm. Allow me to simplify. I can't explain why this horse you brought home, who would murder any human a week ago, now doesn't rear back, throw you against the fence in panic, and trample you, leaving a bloody heap of flesh for me to mop up. Because that is what non-horsey-feely crap would expect. Horses don't magically poof from psychotic axe murder to stuffed teddy bear at the snap of a finger. Maybe he's just plotting to kill us. I sat up and flicked my cigarette butt. Joke all you want, either you're lucky or- I left off the fence, inches from her face, interrupting her. A coy smile stretched across my face as I kissed her on the forehead. She glared up at me. Of course I'm lucky, no or about it. I pulled away, smiled, winked, and walked back inside on tender toes. Missy remained rooted with folded arms, still evaluating, still wondering. I don't know how long she stayed there. I never heard either her or Honor move, and I never looked back. I could fill an encyclopedia with the horse humor Honor gave us. When Missy mucked out the paddock and dropped the rake to haul off a full wheelbarrow, Honor ran off with a rake. He kicked buckets around the paddock like a soccer ball. He flung his jolly ball around like a nunchuck. When our neighbors painted their portion of the fence white, the painter had to keep chasing the horse off, whose entire black nose had mysteriously turned white. And Honor liked to sleep. A lot. Honor scored gold at the 2011 Olympic Games in competitive sleeping, setting records for consecutive hours, volume of snore, bed selection, and depth of sleep. I came home from work one day to carry out Missy's feeding orders, a scrupulous, oft-changing regimen involving this grain, that grain, hay, powder stuff, some smelly oils, and all requiring a laboratory of beakers and Bunsen burners to concoct. No deviations in feed mixture greater than two ounces were allowed. If the balance shifts off its fulcrum, space and time collapse in on themselves, and horses spontaneously combust. I believed her. These are matters of life and death. Measuring grain into large scoops, I filled three buckets for our equine family members. That's 7 sixteenths of a bucket for Maverick, 3 30 seconds of a bucket for Hottie, and 1 eighth of an inch overflow for Honor. The painstaking process required scientific scrutiny and a bachelor's degree in chemistry. I snatched the two lighter buckets in one hand, Honor's in the other, and lumbered out of the garage. I froze in shock. 
My adrenal glands squeezed panic from my back to my brow. Honor! Honor splayed flat on his side, unmoving. I yelled again, louder, voice quivering. Get up! Nothing. I hated myself for being helpless. Honor had already proven to be a magnet for cuts, bruises, abrasions, and any manner of incidental injury. He collided with the fence and tripped over his own clumsy legs every day. I dropped the buckets. Sprinting to the fence, I locked my breath. The hair on my head bristled. I scanned for blood as I dashed. His mouth gaped against the ground, teeth gleaming white in the sun, his eyes sewn shut in dark slits. He's not breathing. Oh my god, he's not breathing. No, 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 no. Snoring. You son of a bitch! I kicked the fence. Honor twisted his head off the ground like a cat sunning himself. He blinked and returned his head to the ground. Oh, no, 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 no. No, you get your ass up. You, oh my god. My fear flipped to laughable anger. I sulked back to the buckets near the driveway as Honor groaned to his feet. He completed the cat act with a stretch and a shiver. Sorry to wake you, your majesty, but dinner is served. The chef has prepared a delectable entree of... My sarcasm came to a screeching halt. Shit. All three buckets and their respective contents lay strewn about on the ground, co-mingled in a mass of unmeasurable grain blob. I turned back to Honor, now alert, eager, and impatient. He nickered. <laughs> it sounded like a laugh. I said nothing and glared. I grumbled under my breath. Looks like dinner, sir, is going to be a few minutes late. Space and time continued their cosmic advance, and our horses didn't burst into flames. They all got fed, and in the process, we learned Honor's first talent. Sleeping. At first, watching nature's premier prey animals slumber like an apex predator bewildered us. Then we just enjoyed the snoozer. He'd build a bed in the alfalfa pile and we'd bury him in it. He'd snore like an asthmatic elephant. We'd record it on video snickering like teenagers. He'd doze off in the shade next to the water trough and we'd sit on him and take pictures. Honor felt at home, safe, and content enough to sprawl about his field. Knowing what I know now, I'd like to think he dreamt of a world without fences. When not preoccupied with screaming and bucking around the paddock, Honor rested in something just shy of a coma. Mind you, this wasn't afternoon siesta amateur hour crap either. Honor slept the way Michelangelo painted, with all the ground his Sistine Chapel. This sloth-loving cult bore no resemblance to the demon-possessed misanthrope who once lurked at a distance. It seemed unfathomable that the two were the same creature. We were watching Old Yeller in reverse. What is this and what have you done with our horse? She pointed at a bay colt, twisted on his stomach, legs tucked up against his body, his muzzle planted firmly in the dirt with his nostrils buzzing the grass. She called him our horse. I convinced him. She was suspicious. Of what? She understood the reference, but questioned the punchline. That we don't want to eat him. I overacted my excitement. Missy dropped her head, unimpressed. 
then yielded to a smile. She turned flirty. Maybe you should consider the bridge selling business. Honor snorted in his sleep, and we laughed. Legend often relies on embellishment and half-truths. Perhaps the half-myth, half-history story of Bucephalus springs from the campfire banter of Alexander's army. I won't say the legend is objective truth, but I will say I'm convinced. This episode, we're featuring War Horses for Veterans, an equine-assisted therapy program in Stillwell, Kansas. Founded by Andy and Patricia Brown and veteran Patrick Benson, the three- to four-day program comes at no cost to veterans, and the participants are encouraged to come back as often as they see fit and, as well, bring a fellow veteran with them. The program hosts board-certified psychologists in addition to their non-board-certified therapists, a.k.a. the horses. What stood out to me most about this program is right in their headline. Quote, horses are the bridge, veterans are their own best therapy, end quote. I'm going to beat this message like a dead horse, pardon the really crappy pun, over and over throughout the upcoming months. But it is absolutely 100% correct. Horses don't accomplish the mission for you. They just carry you when you can't carry yourself. More on that later. Meanwhile, War Horses for Veterans can be found at WHFV. Org. That's whfv.org. If you're in the Kansas City area, give them a call and schedule a weekend. Bring a veteran friend with you as well. A few questions from email. Uh, did you really know that little about horses? From Dina in Florida. Yeah, I really knew that little about horses. And I still don't know anything about horses. Uh, from Jeanette in Vermont. Uh, where can we get the book? And the answer is right here. Uh, that's a whole other story behind the story. Um, I just felt like this was the best way to get the story out. And finally, and I quote, What was all that physics talk about electrons and stuff? I'm a Marine. You gotta dumb this shit down for me. And that's from JD in California. All right, JD. All right, set the, set the crayons aside and stick with me. Look me in the eye. Stay with me for a minute. Okay, so, quantum field theory goes like this. You know the picture of atoms we see everywhere? The ones that have a nucleus that look like little red and white balls mashed together in one bigger ball? And then the electrons are the little black balls that are circling the nucleus? Yeah, that's wrong. Electrons are not things, per se. They aren't little solid things circling around the nucleus. They are a specific amount of energy within a field of potential. The bottom line is, we don't know where the electron is until we observe it. It's, the, it's one of the weirdest things in quantum physics. We can't, we can't predict where it will be, only where it has potential to be. And in fact, an electron is everywhere and nowhere until we look at it. So if that puts your mind in a knot, then you can go back to the red crayon, I guess. If you have any questions, be sure to drop by my email. It's timandhonor at gmail.com, or you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.
by all means, send me any questions. I'll be more than happy to read them on air. And Marines will be shuffled to the front of the line. I'm Tim Finley. This is To Live With Honor. Live fierce. This all ends. <laughs>